Hello, and welcome to What's Going On, Eyes on Africa and the Caribbean. Join us as we follow social and economic development issues in and around Africa and the Caribbean. If it relates to Africa, the Caribbean, and the people of the African diaspora, we'll talk about it. What's Going On, Eyes on Africa and the Caribbean wants you to stay connected to the people and places that you love. So join us. We're your hosts. Maranke Ocean Martin and Grace Ocean. Africa is the fastest growing continent in the world. According to a 2021 article in Forbes magazine, now is the ideal time to invest in Africa. Africa offers the highest return on foreign direct investment in the world, according to the Overseas Private Investment Corporation, OPIC, and UNCTAD. Many African organizations in the United States have been working for years to connect the African diaspora here with the motherland, including Global African Business Association, whose president and CEO, Akindele Akinyemi, was a recent guest on the show. Today, we're talking to Gregory Floyd about the issue. Gregory is president of the International Brotherhood of Teamsters Local 237 Union in New York. Local 237 is the largest Teamsters Union in the United States and represents thousands of public sector workers. I used to work for Local 237's communications director several years ago, so I can confidently say that Local 237 is a very well-respected and influential union, especially with Gregory Floyd as president. And Gregory is um, one of the hardest-working leaders in the industry that I know. He is a leading player in New York's effort to invest pension funds in Africa as a trustee of the New York City Employee Retirement System. Thanks for joining us today, Greg. Thank you, Meraki. Thank you for having me on. It's a pleasure to speak to you once again. It's been a while, but I'm, I'm glad that we can connect and, and connect on such an important issue. Absolutely. This is a very important and fascinating issue for, for me and for the people who listen to what's going on, um, Eyes on Africa and the Caribbean. So I read in the Wall Street Journal that since 2015, the New York State Common Retirement Fund which is said to be one of the largest U.S. pension funds, began investing in Africa with plans to invest as much as 3% of its assets on projects on the continent in the next five years to diversify its portfolio and boost returns. So as a trustee on the New York City's pension fund, are you working in tandem with the New York State Common Retirement Fund? Or is this something that New York City is, is taking on on its own. So t- tell us what's going on with New York City's investment in Africa. Well, let me let me preface this. We're separate in New York City from the New York State Pension Fund. Mm-hmm. And the New York City Pension Fund has yet to start an investment in Africa. Okay. How this came about was from a group called MITRE. MITRE is mobilizing U.S. institutional investors into Africa and other emerging markets in partnership with the USAID, 
And that was a government-sponsored program that started in 2016. Okay. And the way this came about is there's an organization that's located, headquartered in Washington, D.C., called NASP. NASP is the National Association of Security Professionals. And the members of NASP are minority and women. And it was that organization that decided that they were going to partner with the government to bring trustees and different investors to Africa, the different countries there, on a trip. And this is a government-sponsored program. And what they have done was they brought pension trustees from Maryland, from California, from Virginia, from New York, from Philadelphia, and a cross-section of business leaders and, and investors. And they brought us to South Africa, Kenya, Senegal, just to show us the possibilities of, and to meet with the different investors and different funds in Africa and all of these countries. And we've been exchanging dialogue over what business possibilities we have and what investments we could possibly make. Okay. So which countries on the continent have you visited and who did you meet with? And then what were some of your takeaways from this trip and meetings? The first trip I went on, I went to South Africa and we were in, we started in Durban. Mm -hmm where we were at the world, I'm trying to rem- trying to remember, it was the World Financial Forum. And I remember it was the president of Senegal, the leader of Senegal, who was speaking at this conference. And of course, well, not of course, but Senegal, the language, the primary language there is French. Mm-hmm. So we had headphones so that we had an interpreter to tell us what the leader was telling us at that financial forum. So we were there for about three days. Were they excited about seeing you there? They were excited. I mean, the timing of it was that they had this forum put on and that we were able to be there. And they were excited to hear that there were um, pension trustees and people coming from the U.S. to listen to what they had to say. Okay, so that, that was in Durban. That was in Durban. Mm -hmm. We left Durban and we went to Johannesburg where we met with investors at, it was at a hotel. And we also went to the Johannesburg Stock Exchange where we were there for a meeting with the stock exchange where they went over different financial strategies. At the tail end of our trip, we met some, uh, I would say South African, African business leaders who had funds and we developed relationships. And when we got back to the U.S., we engaged the New York City Comptroller's Office at the time. It was uh, Scott Stringer's office. We um, had a meeting, convened a meeting at our office in New York, and we had the World Bank come in and explain that the World Bank and the U.S. will guarantee investments. Oh, good. So we began those dialogues, and we're still continuing those talks. 
hopefully we can find a fund in Africa in one or two countries that we can invest in that will bring both a, a good return to our funds and also help Africa and that emerging market, one country, whether it's in South Africa, Kenya, Senegal, one of these regions, maybe even Nigeria. Okay. Have so you, did you we, visit Nigeria? Were you able to we, get there or is that for another day? Haven't, that's for another day. We haven't gotten there yet. So we, in conjunction with the USAID and MITRE, will be planning those trips. Now, MITRE is very interesting because this is a, a government organization that's sponsored and they have um, really, really good financial people working there. And some of them used to work for, uh, I, I, I know Emmerich used to work for Congressman Gregory Meeks. Mm -hmm. So they are very diligent in getting us in front of people who we need to get in front of to make investments happen. So far, we're just in talks, but this is beginning stages of talk, uh, the um, investments. And after I finish speaking with you and your audience, we will be convening another meeting, which I will be participating in and see what is the next step and what is the next opportunity to go to Africa to speak to more business leaders and more funds about the possibility of investing in it. How, how much do you think the, the funds would be able to to invest? What what are you looking at? Do you have, as a group, as a trustee, do you have any ideas about how much you would invest? And in? I know, uh, for instance, that the New York Pension Fund is, has uh, so far, uh, well, this was uh, back uh, a few years, um, 200 million, probably more at this point, and they were committing to private equity firms and some projects. Is that what you guys are looking to do? I mean, Africa has been screaming for investments, uh, particularly in infrastructure development and, and yes. the World Bank yes. has been calling for similar investment, including the UN that's also been pitching Africa to, um, to uh, yes. funds in the U.S. What are your thoughts on that? The thought is you, you find a good project. You don't go in with, well, I'm going to invest X amount of dollars. Okay. Because you may be able to do more depending on what the project is. Okay. So we're looking for the right project. And with the World Bank giving us an indication that they will guarantee the investment, it's almost as if we're investing, I would say, house money. Right. So, but it's a matter of doing the due diligence, finding the right projects, finding the right um, areas to invest in, but infrastructure from, from visiting, um, there is something that's needed by, yeah. uh, like you take, um, South Africa, which is really developed, but there's still areas that are not developing. We only went to a few places. Right. But when we were in Johannesburg, we, we went over to, uh, Soweto mm -hmm. and to say infrastructure is needed in Soweto, um, I, I just saw something I haven't seen since um, my parents brought me to my grandmother's house in South Carolina right. at the time in 73 
where we were using a pump to get water out of it. Right. A lot of people say that when they when they go to uh, South Africa and they leave Johannesburg and they go into Soweto, this um, predominantly black areas, and they say that the contrast and the, the yes. disinvestment there. So I'm glad that you were able to get out there and they didn't give you a glossy picture of uh, South Africa. So following that then, and I'm thrilled to hear that the World Bank is behind this. So if we don't really have a, a figure yet as to how much of an investment, are they essentially saying we will uh, guarantee whatever amount you put there? Or did they put figures on, they, on they, for themselves? They didn't put figures on it. They just said the guarantee, but no dollar amount was okay. Okay. But we, the next steps are to, to find, we, we've been bringing the, um, the different investors from South Africa over and they've met with the controller's office. Okay, good. And, and the new, they, and the new they, guy? They're, they're in dialogue. They haven't, I, I don't think they've met with Brad Lander yet, mm -hmm. but we're going to work on that for they can meet with him. We mentioned it to him when we had our meeting with Brad meet, Lander, the initial meeting, we told him we would like to continue our work on getting the New York City pension funds to invest in Africa. We told him we wanted that work to continue and he agreed. Okay. Okay. So that, that's the first step. So, uh, we, we're going to see what happens next. If the pandemic slowed us down. That was going to be been, my next question. Yeah. Next question. Yes. The pandemic <laughs> slowed us down. Yeah. Unfortunately, because we couldn't travel to Africa, it would just wouldn't have been wise for us to get on a plane and go visit in any of these areas with the pandemic going on. Will COVID's impact have any bearing on how you envision supporting Africa? I don't, I don't think it should because the investments going on, it shouldn't have an impact on how we see Africa. It just has an impact on how we physically see Africa, mm -hmm. uh, but investments, returns, um, consultants, everything, the, the numbers speak for themselves, the possibilities, whether, you know, infrastructure, they need electricity, they need power, they need water. It's just so many, so many things that you can invest in that, that can really bring, make a difference and bring a return to your fund. The, the opportunities are, are just, at this moment, endless. Mm -hmm. It's just that we get started. Once you get started, you, you, you can really do a lot of good work there. It's just getting that initial investment. Okay. And, and Remember, when I'm speaking, it's not just New York City. California was there. Mm -hmm. And Maryland and Virginia. That's good to know, because I know there are a lot of African groups here in the United States who have been looking to bring attention to the need for investments to Africa, because every time we look at emerging markets, um, sometimes we tend to not, not look as diligently at the continent. And I think sometimes, too, they appear to be um, scared off, shall I say? by instability that we hear about repeatedly in the media in Africa. So it's good to know that as a country, we're looking ahead and we're looking um, at Africa. So let me just ask you, because Local 237 is a membership organization. 
what extent will members benefit from this? How do, how do you how do you explain to them or how do you see them benefiting? I mean, you don't, you don't have to explain because we don't ex generally explain investments. How, how do you see them benefiting from investment in Africa? Well, our members would benefit from one, getting a return toward the pension funds. And two, they would benefit from doing good work because uh, in the past we were invested in shamefully guns. Wow, really? But we divested years ago, rightfully so, from guns. There's a lot of profit in guns, but we made a conscious decision. We did not want to invest in something that causes such destruction to human life. Mm -hmm. So we divested from Oh, thank God for that. Effect. So glad we did it. It's timely. We, we're not invested in that. Going in the other direction, we can hold our heads up high knowing that we made a difference in the world with our money. And that's what we really want to see. I remember uh, Chris Gardner in 2008, 2007, 2008, came to us. And at the time, it made, he may have been ahead of, the, ahead of the curve. And he was on the forefront of trying to get the United States and pension funds to invest in Africa. And he had a plan and he went for at least three or four years and couldn't raise the capital to invest in Africa, but he wanted to invest in South Africa because he said it's going to be 10 years since Nelson Mandela became president and Nelson Mandela is alive at the time. And it's been 10 years since apartheid and we got to show that there is something. He said, Greg, people are living in shanties. He wanted to invest in housing. And, and when I got there, I saw why. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, that never got off the ground. He was way ahead of his, his, his time and, and people were not receptive to invest in, in Africa. I think the time has come now that we, uh, now that New York State Pension Fund is over there and we're going over there. I think the time has come to look and invest in different parts of Africa. I appreciate that. That's uh, good to know. So would this be classed as socially responsible investment? We can build it that way. We have it at, at this time. So I, I would say it could fit into that category. Okay. Of good governments. It certainly can. And we would love, love, love to see this through. I, I too. Something, and if it happens, and when it happens, I'd be glad to come back and talk to you or have anybody else come and talk to you about what we went through and, and, and what its next step. Oh, and, this is um, there's a, a website for MIDA advisors, M-I-D-A advisors, and there's the USAID, and anyone who's interested could go on and Google and see the advisory and, and they could see the progress. They could see the, the team of people who are working on this. And perhaps they could email them and get information. And if they want to be helpful, I'm sure they'll get a response. And uh, who knows, somebody may be listening that can say like somebody from Goldman Sachs, somebody from, uh, one of the different investment funds, Morgan Stanley, 
and say, you know what, we want to get involved in that also. That's wonderful. I really appreciate the time that you've taken to speak to us. I know that you're running to another commitment. Thank you for the link to follow up. As usual, you have your fingers on the pulse of uh, what is important in the world today for your members, for, for New York, and for Africa. And of course, you said it. I want you to come back on and, and give us some information about the second stage of, of this, as this is still in its early form. Is there anything else that um, you want to add that I didn't ask or that has just come to mind? I think we've covered everything up until this point. Okay. Uh, I'd like to come back and talk about progress, and I will keep you apprised on how we move those talks and move those that progress along. Uh, this is this is years of work. It's mm-hmm. just unfortunate. At least, but at least we got started. At least we got started. Absolutely. I'm glad you got started too. And I, I, I hope when we talk to you again, that we'll have, um, uh, lots more to talk about uh, and and progress, uh, to report. And, um, maybe you could tell us some more about some of your experiences as you, as you travel around, uh, because I know you'll be, you'll be traveling again, right? Traveling has resumed. Traveling has resumed. I'm, I'm just not, I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to go this year. But definitely, I'm looking at going again next year. Terrific. But one thing I could I could say in my travel when I went to um, visit Nelson Mandela's house, and this is a little known fact: uh, Desmond Tutu lived down the street. Right. Nelson Mandela. Right. That is the only street that two Nobel Peace Prize winners lived on. In, in the world. One street, one block, two Nobel Peace Prize winners. Wow. That is, that is good information. If I have that, a takeaway, that is what I have. <laughs> thank you so much. You know, that, that is, that is an important fact to, uh, to note there. And it's on, and it's in Africa too. So, um, yeah, that is, that is wonderful. Hopefully the, the, the streets were paved there, right? They weren't paved, but, but it's a tourist spot that, everyone can go to and see Desmond Tutu's house and then walk down the block across the street. There's Nelson Mandela's house. Okay. And they're all museums now, I believe the the two, right? Uh, I didn't go in Desmond Tutu's house because at the time he He was still alive. Still alive. Yes. Yes. Wow. That's amazing. Great information. Thanks for sharing that with us. You're very welcome. Thank you so much for your time and stay in touch. Thank Thank you. Thank you. Glad to be here. If you enjoyed the show, we'd love to hear from you. You can also follow us on Facebook at Eyes on Africa Caribbean and on our website, eyesonafricacaribbean.com. Until next time, thanks for listening.